Now imagine a world where you have a steady flow of warm, direct-to-consumer leads without paying for them, while also establishing yourself as an expert and growing your referral partners on demand. Right now, there's a huge opportunity in the mortgage space for agents, brokers, and loan officers to latch onto. And that opportunity is long-form content. You see, when it comes to social media for mortgage pros, a lot of us default to thinking of either Instagram or TikTok whenever they hear the words social media. But have you ever considered podcasting? What about creating a YouTube channel? Maybe you have, but you've been hesitant to start because it's overwhelming and you're not sure where to start. Well, if you're someone who is either taking building a brand seriously or want to build something that is working for you in the background 24-7, then this episode is for you. This episode is a recording of training I did for the brokerage I'm with, and I thought, you know, why not share this for all of you, the Commission Breath community? If you're new to the show, my name's Tom Moffitt, and I'm joined by my good buddy, business partner, and co-host Brandon Love. Whether you're new to the industry or a seasoned vet, you will get specific takeaways from every episode as we strive to make commission breath focused and granular. Let the commission breath pod be your tool to grow in your mortgage business. So with that being said, let's dive into the episode. All right, so podcasting for mortgage brokers. This video, I'm gonna walk you through pretty much like podcasting 101, like what you need to know about it, why you should do it. And in my opinion, why I think long form content is king. And this includes YouTube as well. So I'll mainly dive in on podcasting specifically, but I will touch a bit on YouTube because the strategy I'm using in my business really does overlap and overlay. And I think you can do both really well at the same time, which I will explain why I'm saying that. So first of all, like why podcasting? In my opinion, long form content is a huge missed opportunity for mortgage brokers and realtors, but specifically mortgage brokers. Like if you look at the top dogs on YouTube, I would honestly probably just say one, maybe two others that are doing well on YouTube. But in terms of like a huge fan base, following base, actually generating money from YouTube, there's really one guy. Other than that, nobody else is doing it. And I think the reason why is because it does take more time to develop and to start seeing some traction with it. But that's why I love it because it's a blue ocean strategy. Like nobody else is doing it. It's you in your own playground. And that's where the opportunity is. And a lot of people, loan officers and mortgage pros in the States are catching on to this. So you see more of them in the States, but here in Canada, it's, it hasn't been tapped into. So that's YouTube and podcasting. You build stronger connections with people. And why I say that is because with long form, if you think about it from a consumption standpoint, let's compare short form versus long form. Like you have people consuming your reels, your minute long videos versus if they're listening to you or watching you on YouTube, they're consuming literally hours of you talking. So they're going to develop more of a personal connection to you versus just the short form content. And by the way, like as a caveat, I'm not saying abandon short form. I think you have to have both, but I think one without the other is a mistake. So another reason why you should podcast is because you can repurpose this to YouTube and YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world next to Google. Google owns YouTube. So why not use that to your advantage? Toss the camera on and start recording your podcast and then throw it up on YouTube because I'm telling you it works. And there's some other strategies that I'll dive into specifically on that as well. Create connections with people you otherwise wouldn't have had access to and tap into their audiences. So this is what Brandon and I are doing with both of our podcasts. In this video, I'll just reference specifically our consumer-facing podcast. So 
We have two. We have one called the Invested Entrepreneur. That's for mortgage leads. And then we have sort of like our fun one. That's for mortgage brokers specifically and loan officers called Commission Breath. So in this video, I'll mostly reference the Invested Entrepreneur because it's consumer facing and that's what's actually making us money. So we are tapping into other people's audiences by inviting them on our podcast and having them guest on it, chatting with them for 30 minutes to an hour. So we're building that connection. They then repost that on whatever platform they're using. If they have a YouTube channel, that's great. We just interviewed someone that has 30,000 subscribers. He's going to be posting that on his. He's going to send it out to his email database. Like you're tapping into thousands of other people that you otherwise wouldn't have done if you would have done like a short form content video Sure, you can add collaborators on Instagram, but it's a one minute video. Compare that to someone that is listening to your full episode of a podcast for an hour. Like, man, we've had way more people tap into our podcast by collaborating with other people guesting versus just trying to spray and pray on social media saying, hey, we have a new episode out. Come check it out. Podcast invites and guesting is honestly where it's at. It accelerates your brand. So when it comes to branding, I mean, I can do a whole video on that. But branding, that word is tossed around so much. But to me, it really is what makes you unique and set yourself apart from other people, especially in your industry. And you can't, I shouldn't say you can't, you can, but it's harder to do it on short form content. I think people will understand and get to know you better with long form content. Therefore, it accelerates your brand. And then when you couple that with targeting different audiences, and also putting up on YouTube for the search engine, more people are going to discover you. So it's going to accelerate your brand. It's easier to repurpose content. And it's just an easy way to do it. So if you're someone that is starting out with short form content, and you're struggling to get the videos out there on a consistent basis, start a podcast, start a video podcast specifically, because what you can do is you can use applications like what's it called? There's an AI platform that you can essentially toss the video file in and it chops up the short form content for you. And then you can repurpose that across all platforms. Like there's two or three of them out there. I can't remember the name off the top of my head because our editor uses it, but it's so easy to get those short form clips now. And they're more authentic and raw versus like sitting down and doing like a recorded reel, which has its place in time. But a lot of people like the raw authentic type of style now for content. So this is a really great way to do it. Once you have your setup, like the setup is the hardest part to get things rolling. Like you're learning along the way with different equipment and how to start the recording, how to reach out to guests. Like there's a lot going on. And that's why you don't see too many mortgage brokers in the long form content space because it's harder to set up. But once you have it set up, it's easier to maintain and get that consistent content out there. So what I like to do is I like to answer specific questions. So think about like any clients that have come into your world any common questions, write them down. If you've come across a question like multiple times during the month, write it down because there's likely other people out there searching for that question. And once you make an episode on these questions and you put it up on your podcast and YouTube, that is going to start getting more traction with views because people are searching these things. There's other softwares and platforms that you can use to figure out what the most searched keywords are out there, which I'll dive into. But this is a really good way to get your channel up and running and get more views. And I will say like, I was skeptical at first, like I'll give a background story. I started on YouTube two to three years ago when I first became a broker or agent. And it was hard at first and I was spending a lot of money doing it. And I gave up after about six months of doing it. Like I started getting leads about six months to a year later after quitting. 
It's like, wait, you found me on YouTube? Like, how is that possible? I don't even post any more videos. And then I go back and then I realize like some of my videos started popping off six months later. I was like, what the heck is going on here? And then I didn't revisit YouTube seriously until about a year after that. So if I can look back, I mean, it's not a regret because in my opinion, like I had to do what I had to do to build my business through realtor referrals in order to visit YouTube again. But if I could go back, I would have stayed consistent with it and not focus so much on like the fancy editing and spending the money that way and just get content out there because I would have developed my skill. And I also would have had way more videos out there being searched and uh, more leads coming in. And honestly, the leads that come in from YouTube, I don't get a shit ton yet, but the ones that do come in are super warm and they're great. Like they trust you already because they've already consumed hours on end. And the same goes for podcasting as well. If they're listening to you for a while, for hours, like the leads are warm. So I talked about that. Oh, actually guesting on podcasts. So what Brandon and I are focused on right now is being guests on other podcasts. Like we're still having guests on our podcast, but what we're doing is we're guesting on other podcasts. Because if you think about it, the listeners are already people who consume podcasts. Like not everyone listens to podcasts. So why not go that direction? Because you know, the listeners are already on the platform they like to use for podcasting. When they listen to your episode, they consume it. If they like it, they're going to search your podcast and then they're going to go follow that. It's a direct way, an easy way to get more followers. And of course, the more followers you have, the more fans you have, and the more people are going to reach out for a mortgage. So that's what we're doing right now. Like we just did one with a podcast that has, what is it? I think 5,000 listeners on average an episode, which is a decent amount. And so those 5,000 people are now listening to our episode and that episode stays there and exists for years on end until if you ever deletes the podcast. So we're consistently having people tune into our podcast and that's because of these episodes that we have out there in the world. So this is how I think of content marketing and building a brand. This is all like relatively new to me, I will say. Like I don't consider myself like in the top of the food chain for brand in the mortgage space. Like this is a new journey for me, but I'm learning a lot lately. And like the biggest realization for me was short form content really creates the awareness to bring people in. But then the long form content is what builds and nurtures the relationship over time. And that's something I'm really focused on now is making sure I have both up there my call to action and funnel to everything is now for people to go and consume my long form content because it's a lot easier for someone to click on a link or to send me a DM asking for an episode versus having them book a call with me. Like that's going to be a lot harder of a call to action versus like consuming my long form content. It's like intermediate step before they book that call. Like I said, it's not one or the other. I'm not bashing short form. Like I'm still active on Instagram but you do need both in my opinion. So this is a flow that we have going on right now, or we did rather. So what we were doing is we were batch recording short form videos, and then we were reposting it to all of the different platforms. So Instagram, TikTok, YouTube shorts, LinkedIn. And by the way, if you're doing this through a social media scheduler, I highly recommend not doing that anymore because the platforms know this and they won't push your content out based off of you actually posting from an actual platform, a scheduled platform. So do it manually. And if you're just going to do short form, focus on one platform, be a master at that. And then once you get there, then you can start thinking about repurposing to other platforms. So this is the short form flow that people typically do. So I'll dive into the pros and cons first. So the pros of this is it can be quicker to post. I would honestly probably maybe even disagree with that statement now, 
in some ways, but it can be quicker to post because you can just pull your phone out. You can just do a screen recording of like an article, or you can just do a 60 second talking head video, whatever the case is. It's typically easier unless you're trying to get it like super polished and edited. So this is why I love short form content is because you can convert buyers through DMs and referral partners. So I like to think all of the business I get from short form is behind the scenes through DMs. It's not necessarily people reaching out to me from my posts, although I would love that. It's just not the reality, at least for me. I get all of my business, not all of my business, but I get my social business through DMs and people reaching out from the podcast. That's why I love Instagram because you have the DMs versus like other platforms. TikTok is kind of getting there. Then you have LinkedIn, but I mean, Instagram is by far the most powerful platform for DMs. And they're actually adding more and more features to it, which I think is super cool, which is for a whole other video on like broadcast channel strategies and all that stuff. But bottom line, short form content and platforms, you have the DM feature, which I like. It can be quicker to grow an audience. If you have a post that goes viral, of course, it's going to be quicker to grow an audience. There's other strategies you can do like follow, unfollow, the liking and all that stuff to grow your actual followers. So it could be quicker. Although like there's ways to make it even quicker for podcasting, like I mentioned, like guessing on other shows could be easier than actually getting more followers on your Instagram. The cons are like, this is the biggest con is that it's saturated pretty much like every mortgage broker that wants to do social media is on Instagram. So it's saturated. They're all kind of posting the same thing, like fixed versus variable, 25 versus 30 year amortization, like all of that stuff. I get so bored and sick and tired of seeing that, but I know some of it's informative and important, but everyone's doing it. So like the cons to that is it's saturated versus like if you did like a long form content video on like maybe you're focusing on your local market or maybe it's like real estate investing specific that you wanted to do on that, like, or you have guests on your show that are investors, like, man, that to me is way more entertaining than some of the stuff I'm seeing out there. It's harder to grow a stronger connection. So, I mean, the only exception to this would be that like Instagram stories build that connection because it's sort of like the behind the scenes of your life that people get to see. Whereas you can't really do that through podcasting and YouTube. That's why I love Instagram because you have the stories to nurture your audience. So that's why I'm saying it's not one or the other, it's both. But it is harder to grow that connection through like reels or YouTube shorts or TikTok videos versus the long form. So talking head videos are actually being pushed down right now. It's quite a bit of a concern for a lot of creators out there. And I'm seeing on mine, like since I started on Instagram, my views have gone down quite a bit for talking head videos specifically. They're pushing more of like the four to six second text on screen videos or green screen. They're pushing quite a bit, but talking head videos are being pushed down quite a bit. So that would be like the last con for short form. But let me dive into long form. So this is our new setup. What we're doing now is we're doing one long form content recording. So let's just say we're recording an episode today, a mortgage specific topic, like four first time home buyer tips to buy in 2024. We're going to record that. We're going to video that. It's going to be a solo episode. So the cool thing is you can do a mix of solo episodes and guest episodes. I highly recommend doing both. The reason why I recommend doing solo episodes is because you can get your point across a lot easier and quicker. And you're establishing more of that trust and that relationship with the audience because they're hearing you more versus the guests. So you definitely have to sprinkle in both. So let's just say you record that, you do a video podcast, 
you post that on podcast platforms, so all of them, and there's apps to do this where you just literally load it in and it uploads it to all of them. Then you upload it to YouTube, create a thumbnail for it. And then the cool part is, like I mentioned before, I thought of the name Opus. Opus Clips, Opus Pro is the platform where you can toss the video in. It's going to cut up the content for you. And then you can use that and repurpose it and repost it to all of the short form content platforms out there. So that's our flow right now. What we will do in the future is we're going to do more purpose-built videos where we're doing sit-down talking head videos. And then that way, we can post on a short form platforms as well. So that's for the future. But as of right now, we're getting about two to four short form clips per episode. So we're getting quite a bit, like we're almost posting a post per day. So pros, it's not as saturated, like I mentioned before at the start of this video. If you look at YouTube, if you look at podcasts, I would say there's more mortgage brokers on podcasts versus YouTube, but you'll see there's a lot of old ones where they stopped after 10 episodes. The key to long form is consistency. And that's why it's not as saturated because it's harder to pop off right away. But I promise you, you will see results after a while. Like it's only been about, I'd say, six months for us consistently on the consumer facing podcast. And we're already seeing leads coming in through that, which is super cool to see, which we didn't expect. So it's not as saturated. You kind of play in your own pool there. You can stand out from the rest with your own niche. So what we do, it's a bit different. Like what I would recommend doing, if you're going to create your own niche, keeping it mortgage specific, but related to something, maybe it's like real estate investing or mortgages for entrepreneurs or something like that. I would make it mortgage specific to start out with. And then you can expand into more of like a broader niche as you have more followers and fan base. For us, we started more broad. We toyed with the idea of niching down further, but we're going to keep it with the same theme that we have now because we enjoy doing it. So what ours is, is the invested entrepreneur is helping Canadians seek financial independence. So we talk about real estate, traditional investing, building businesses, anything related to entrepreneurship we talk about. So we have guests come on that have excelled in all of these different fields. So it's great. It'll just take longer to build a following, in my opinion, versus like if you had it super niche down, it's going to be easier for someone to follow and subscribe and tune into your podcast because it's like it's talking to them. It's like, man, this podcast is for me. So I would recommend doing that and then broaden out as you go on. Easier to stay consistent. So like I said before, like if you're scheduling guests to come on the show too, like it's going to hold you accountable. So you're not going to skip out on that, first of all. And then you're going to be consistent with your short form because you have Opus Pro where you can just toss in the video and get clips from it. So like there's no excuses anymore. You have the power of AI. You have all of these different apps to make it easier for you. So in my opinion, there's no excuses. And we're running two podcasts and a fairly busy book of business as well. So it can be done. It's just like, you just got to stay consistent with it. So I have a video right now. We're at 10K views. So the video has 10,000 views now. I posted that two to two and a half years ago. It's like a four minute video. I absolutely hate it, but it still gets views every single day, roughly 40 to 60 views a day. And it's nuts. Like it's just sitting there living and breathing. I get subscribers from it. It's just really cool to see some videos pop off so far down the line. You just don't know which one it's going to be or when. So I just think that's really cool. That's YouTube specific. So the con is, like I mentioned, it's a longer growth cycle. You have strategies to supercharge that though, like guesting on other podcasts. It's intimidating at first. There's more steps involved for setup for sure. Like you got to think about lighting, camera, audio, 
the flow, like the workflow of how you're going to do it. But if you're going to do short form content, you kind of have the same things already. Like you're probably already going to have something for audio, lighting and camera. So if you're already doing short form, there's not many more steps involved to getting set up. It can be more costly. Like you can go as expensive as you want to on this. I think we're still under about 2,500 a month. So we're not spending too much money on it. You can go as expensive as you want. Like you can hire an agency and run it for like five to 10K a month, or you can just literally do it for like $0 a month, like no editing, whatever, just get it up there, which you can do too. So you can make it as cheap as you want, but reasonably, I mean, you can get this done for under 500 a month. If you're just going to get the edited podcast version and just upload it to YouTube, like you can get that done in under 500 bucks a month. So with all that being said, if you're at the point of wanting to start, like how do you get started? So in my opinion, you got to pick your niche first because this will dictate like the style of your podcast, how many guest episodes you're going to do per month, all that good stuff. So it starts with your niche. And this one really took a while. And I think we're still kind of honing down our niche. But all I can say about this is like, do some research, watch some YouTube videos. There's a lot of people out there who have good advice on how to actually pick your niche. But I would focus on making it for sure, like mortgage specific, like don't go too broad like us, where we're talking about financial freedom. And we're not talking specifically about mortgages. Now, what we're doing is we're sprinkling in mortgage content in there. But I would mainly have a focus on mortgages, but maybe you niche down into like more for investors, for example. So then from there, once you have that dialed in, record your first 10 video podcast episodes and just do them solo. And the reason why I say do your first 10, do this before you launch it. Because if you think from a human behavior perspective, like if you're launching your podcast and you send someone a link or on social media, you're like, hey, go check out my podcast. They go to it and there's only one episode. They're like, okay, well, I listened to the episode. Now I'm done. Whereas if you had 10 on there and they start binge listening or watching your episodes, they're going to be more likely and inclined to subscribe to your podcast. So I would highly recommend have a library of content in there and then launch it. And also it gives you some buffer time and some leeway before you start because some weeks you're not going to be able to, like if you're getting busy with files, like there's so many other components in our business. We're not content creators. We're still running a mortgage business. So some weeks you're going to be drained or you're going to have a lot on your plate. So it's good to get ahead of it. And that's why I recommend doing 10 videos before you launch. From there, you're going to want to upload to a host provider. So we use Podbean, Beansprout. Might not even be called Beansprout. I forget what it's called, but search on YouTube. There's other host providers for podcasts. It just allows you to upload it. And then it spreads it out across all of the different platforms like Spotify and Apple and all that stuff. So I would just check out Podbean. We use it. It works. I don't know how much more you need from a host provider, but they're relatively cheap as well. And then from there, spread the word via social. Try to get your first listeners in there. Your family and friends will probably listen to it. And you're going to be stuck in that zone for a while. But as you keep trucking and getting more consistent and more and more people see your videos and your posts and all of that stuff, they'll eventually want to tune in. Like It applies to what they want to listen to. After that, invite some guests. Like after your first 10 solo episodes, start inviting guests on. You're not going to get some big ones. Like took us a while. If you want to consider these big guests, we have Cherry Chan coming on, who is like considered the guru for real estate tax tips for investors and realtors. So we're having her come on. She has a huge YouTube following and social media. We've had a couple others like Colton Lukey. He's got a big subscriber base on YouTube. So 
it took us a bit to get those guests, but it's not as hard as you think. Like people want to have free content. And if you pitch it to them saying, Hey, we're going to make you look good. We're going to have like a fully edited version for you. And we're going to give it to you after. And as well as like some short form content for you, you can give them more incentives with this. And people are more inclined than you think to guest on your show. So it's not as hard as you think, but you're not going to get like a huge person right off the bat. Maybe get some family or friends that are related to the niche that you're going after and start from there to get at least a few people on. And then guests on other podcasts. So the cool part about this, like I'll give you an example. We just did one podcast called The Construction Life. And it's all about people that work in construction, but there's a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to that podcast. So you can be creative with this. We went on there and we talked about entrepreneurship. The main focus was we were actually going to talk about mortgages for business for self, but the host was kind of veering us towards entrepreneurship. We got listeners from that podcast and you can be really creative. Like you don't necessarily have to go on like real estate investor podcast or other podcasts that are related to mortgages. It can be like a podcast for moms and you can talk about like just mortgages in general. People want to hear about that stuff. So you can really be creative with this. And I would recommend doing at least one to two a month to start out with. And then you can kind of scale from there. Equipment. So for camera, I would do, if you want to keep it cheap, go with the webcam. I would recommend it more expensive webcam. But the dilemma I had is once you get into the pricier webcams, you're kind of just like, well, I may as well spend the money on a DSLR camera because like the cost of like a more expensive webcam is almost the same. So I honestly probably take webcam out of this. Unless you have one, and you just want to start with that, go ahead. But I would either start with your phone. Like if you have an iPhone, man, like the camera's already so good in that. Just make sure you wipe the lens because it makes a big difference. You can use a phone. If you have a MacBook, it hooks up right to it. If you have a Windows or PC like me, then you can use an app like Camo to connect to PC. I use my phone in a vertical position for short form content. I upload that to the drive and then Nikki batch edits and does it for short form content. And you can do is use your phone horizontally and use that as your camera. So you can do that as well. Or you can spend some money and get a DSLR camera. I recommend getting a Sony ZV-E10 that has a direct hookup to your computer, like through a USB, which is the easiest to do. So you can stream with this. And a lot of these interview podcasts, you're going to be streaming anyways. So if you're going to get one, definitely get that one. It's actually relatively inexpensive too. I think it's like 800 bucks all in. So if you want to do this properly, spend a bit of money. If not, just start out with your phone. The phone does such a good job. You can buy like a $10 stand and get that set up. Microphones. Right now I'm using a Blue Yeti. Honestly, it's kind of shit. I wouldn't recommend getting it. I would rather spend more money on the road. And for a more expensive one, I would go with the Shure MV7. That one's a really nice one that I will be buying in the future. And then lighting, you can get these ones here from cheapest to more expensive. You definitely need some lighting. So my setup right now is I have some newer lights, the brand. I've got two on either side pointed to me from like a 75 degree angle. And then I'm using my Canon M50 DSLR camera that has a similar look to what the Sony ZV-E10 would look like. So if you're gonna use some software, I recommend for streaming, definitely, I don't even know if I'd call it software apps. StreamYard is a way to, it's like a way better Zoom. You can use Zoom for your interview podcast, but I highly recommend spend a bit more money. Either use StreamYard or what's the other one? Riverside FM. I love StreamYard. I've tried both of them out. StreamYard is really cool because there's some local recordings that it does for you. So if the guest has some internet issues, 
it's still going to download the local files so your editor can still put them in place properly. Whereas like if you're doing it on Zoom, like if someone's internet craps out, like your SOL and you're susceptible to whatever that issue was. So StreamYard for sure, Podbean, like I mentioned, vidIQ is a way to search your titles for videos to find out who is searching what and how often and what the competition is. I use this for a lot of our videos and it works really, really well. I love it. It's also cheap too. Camo, if you're recording from your iPhone, vertical videos and you're hooking up to your PC. And final thoughts. So like I mentioned, podcasting, it's a long game. No doubt about it. You're not going to get leads right off the bat in my experience anyways. If you are, please let me know. I would love to hear what you're doing. But it doesn't take as long as what most people say as long as you're doing the right activities. Like if you're doing the guesting, if you have guests come on your show, you're building these connections. Like today we had on a cash flow coach who I found on Instagram. I just built a connection with her. I'm sure in the future, when she's teaching people about budgeting and consolidating debt, she's probably going to have some refi leads come our way. And we're going to keep on top of the relationship with her. So it's just a really good way to build connections. So it's kind of a side tangent, but stay consistent, post once a week, just start there. If you want to post more, make sure you're consistent first. In a year's time, you will have a loyal audience and you'll have an established brand. No matter how big or small, you'll have an established brand and you will build those new connections. So if you want more info on this kind of stuff, check out our Commission Breath podcast. It is for mortgage brokers, agents, and loan officers. And we talk about this type of stuff and we also talk about everything to do with the mortgage business. So go check that out. If you have any questions, send me a DM on Instagram and uh, always happy to answer them. Cheers. Cheers.